Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Reformation Day. Reformation Day. Every year this comes around, it makes me really think about a few things about what it means to be a Lutheran, first of all. You know, we carry this name of Martin Luther, and we celebrate this day on the day when he nailed his 95 theses to the church door in, 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 in Wittenberg that sparked the Reformation. But it's interesting because 500 plus years later, the Reformation is still going on, right? It hasn't stopped. And sometimes we're tempted to think that it has. That, yep, we're done. Everything's, everything's good now. We have the truth of God's word. And what more do we need? And while that's true, we have God's word. We have the fullness of the law and the fullness of God's gospel that declares us free for the sake of Christ, we're tempted to fall back into some old practices that were around even before us. Some things that are more cultural than they are spiritual, I guess you could say. I mean, being a Lutheran, is great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the potlucks. I love the German heritage. I love the singing. I love the hymns. Most of all, though, I love the theology. I love what God's Word says. And that's what we should all aspire for, aspire to, as it were. That the message of freedom, that, that understanding that we are made right with God for the sake of Christ, that message of freedom according to the word of God is the message of the Reformation and one that we should embrace. And in a world where we're always kind of trying to see, you know, even in the, in the political realm, in the realm of the world, and in the realm of the church, there are these opposite forces going on all the time. Uh, should we conserve what we have, or should we progress to something that's better, right? Conserve or progress. And the Reformation is a great harmonizer between these two forces, Think about it for a second, that if we were reformatory without being conservative, then we would be, then we would be, we would be sectarian. That is to say, we're going to go blaze our own trail, we're going to do our own thing, and anybody who doesn't want to join us, well, they're not really Christians, right? That's not what we hold to be true. But at the same time, 
to be conservative without being without being reformatory brings about stagnation and corruption. There's no growth there, right? We conserve and we do the things we've always done because that's just what we've always that's just what we that's just what what we've always done, right? And this is kind of a, a hard thing to preach about, to talk about, because we like our heritage. We like the things that are comfortable. We like the things that um, we have grown up with, that we know, that we hold to be familiar. But the Reformation is something that we should hold dear, not because we hold, not because we hold, not because we hold Martin Luther to be some great savior, some great saint, because he was a sinner. He was a fallen man. He did not say things that were always great. But there was one thing that he did, and those who follow in his spirit, that we should hold on to, that we should always be formed and reformed by God's word. That God's word tells us the truth. And this truth is what Christ talks about from John chapter 8. He tells those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now these, these Jews that believed in him, they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you'll become free? Who do you think that you are, right? In some sense, this is the struggle that we all have. That we can place ourselves here, whether we're, whether, whether you substitute the word Jews for Texans, for, for Lutherans, for Americans. We can say, who do you think that you are telling us that we shall be free? We've never been enslaved to anybody. This is a free country, right? So how do you say that you will become free? And Jesus strikes to the heart. He says, amen, amen, I say to you that everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not abide in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That is to say that to abide in God's word is to truly be his child and his disciple. That to abide in his word doesn't mean that you just kind of glance at your Bible every so often. 
but that you live in the word, that you breathe the word, that you eat the word, sleep the word, drink the word, everything. The word is a part of your life. I mean, it's amazing. We have Bibles readily made, readily printed, very cheap. And yet, they kind of go unused. They tend to stay on a shelf. They tend not to be cracked very often unless something important is happening or, or unless we are deliberately going to a class or something like that. There's a saying that a, a Bible that's falling apart belongs to a person that's not. That the more that you abide in God's word, the more that you are assured of God's will for your life. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because in this world, we struggle with sin. We struggle with our flesh and the desires that our flesh would have us go towards. The slave of sin is bought and sold and traded at the whim of sin. Think about it. Anybody who's enslaved, I mean, slavery has not been a part of our culture for a long, long time, and that's a good thing. But think about it. The Bible speaks about slavery, and in this sense, Jesus is saying that whoever commits sin, whoever practices it, whoever does it, is a slave to it. And the slave does not abide in the house forever because the slave can just be sold. That as soon as, as soon as sin has had its way with you, as soon as, as soon as Satan has had his way with you, he discards you. He doesn't care for you. He doesn't care about you. He has his way with you, and then, like a commodity, he trades you off or he casts you aside. And then you're gone. The slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son does. And this is the good news of the Reformation that we give thanks to God that we have today, that we've had for a long time now, and that we pray that we continue to have. This truth that if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That the Son of God has set you free by his blood, shed for you on the cross, cleansed you, and made you whiter than snow. He has cleansed you, and he has made you free. But not as a free person to just go and do whatever you want. You're a son now. You're a co-heir with Christ. That everything that Christ has, you now have. And what does Christ have? Salvation. He has, he has life eternal. All of the riches that the Father grants to his Son, you now have, those who trust in Jesus Christ. So this is a recurring cry for us from Christ. Do not abide in sin. Run away from it. Shun it. 
at all costs. Stay away because you are a son of God. You're a child of God that has been made clean by the son and his blood. That if you abide in the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, you are truly his his disciple. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The Reformation is not about potlucks. It's not about bratwurst. It's not even about beer. Sorry to say, guys. It's not about these things. These things we do to celebrate the great thing that God has done for us. By sending His Son to shed His blood where our blood ought to be shed. To forgive us for the sins that we commit. Because the truth of God is opposed to the lies and the falsehoods of Satan. Again, Satan does not care for you. He's the father of lies. He will try to do anything that he can, including making himself look beautiful, to get you to come after him. To entice your flesh, to chase him down the wide path that leads to to (laughs) damnation. But the Son of God sets you free by His blood, by not being beautiful, but by being marred, by being crucified, by being painful to glance at, because that is the cost of your sin. And this is what we cling to. We cling to Christ and His cross. We fear God for what He could do to us and also for what He promises not to do now for the sake of Christ. We trust in Him with all our heart because Christ has made us free. So as we go forward today, in, in, in celebrating the Reformation. The great meal that we're going to have is not what's out there, although it's going to be great. We're looking forward to it a lot. But even more so, we should be looking forward to the meal that is about to take place here. The meal where the body and blood of Christ is given to you so that you would be filled spiritually. That you would be filled with the salvation that Christ has won for you. That you would be filled with the forgiveness that he grants to you, free of charge. That you would know that the Son has set you free, and you are free indeed. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.